Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Jill Hart with MedPro Group. Jill, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me here today. Well, thank you for being here. I'm sorry that we couldn't get your camera to work. The good news is you get to choose a photo of yourself that will be static, and you get to look exactly the same the whole time. And for years to come, I hope, right? <laughs> yeah. So... I continue and, to age well. And I've been told and I've seen evidence that I have the worst video conference face. Um, I make faces that I don't intend to make, and it looks like I'm mad when I'm really not. So maybe I should do that for myself as well. Well, I can't say that I agree with that. And I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed because I, you know, got dressed up for this, which <laughs> working from home for the last couple of years, you know, we, we, we are kind of out of shape on that. So darn it. <laughs> Well, maybe we can do a round two at some time in the future. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. We wanted to start with your career path. And I want you to tell me a little bit about when did you start thinking about what you wanted to do in a career? Did that lead you to where you are today or did you pivot? And if so, how did all that happen? Yeah, I would say pivot is a nice way of putting it. I always kind of term it as bumpy. I wanted to be a lawyer um, my entire childhood and went to Indiana University in Bloomington thinking I would be pre-law and really fell in love with um, basically an English academia tract. So okay. decided to go down that road instead. My vision had become that I wanted to get a PhD and teach. And you know, teaching is something that I have always been passionate about. I still am. So I really wasn't that far off. Except that I got into a seminar that was designed for undergrad students to get a taste for what a PhD track would look like. Okay. And when I did that, I decided that I really didn't want to pick apart my very favorite literature and my favorite novels uh, for the rest of my life. I wanted to just enjoy them at face value. So yeah. um, I, I remember having a very... Um, forthright conversation with my mother uh, right before my senior year. And she's basically like, hey, you got to figure this out. So um, I thought, well, I'm a writer and I like creating. So let's try marketing. Yeah. And I got very lucky right out of college. I got a position working. Uh, I was a 50-50 split marketing coordinator, half public relations, half marketing for two amazing women who um, really kickstarted my career, mentored okay. me and, and taught me what I know. All right. Well, you and I definitely share the background in English. I, I got so fatigued on researching literature that I, I haven't read much fiction since because it just kind of wore me out. And that's when I decided if, if ever I were going to pursue a PhD, which was a long shot to begin with, it definitely wasn't going to happen. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that experience and those mentors, if you don't mind sharing, where was that? Who were they and how did that impact you? Yeah, it was uh, actually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, oh, okay. in, in the year 2000, right after I got done with college. And um, essentially, I worked for an architectural and design firm. I don't okay. believe they're in business any longer, which really makes me feel old. But yeah. um, it was a beautiful office in downtown Pittsburgh, which was quite an experience for um, a young girl coming right out of college. Yeah. And uh, both of the women that I reported to had pretty seasoned careers. Um, the PR professional had been doing it at that point, I think, for 20-some years. And she was just a networking and relationship guru. 
Um, I remember thinking even back then her social calendar exhausted me and I was 22. So um, (laughs) I can't imagine trying to keep it up today. Um, And then the other, um, her name was Lynn Sherry and she and I are still in touch. We're still Facebook and LinkedIn buddies. And um, she was going, she was just getting ready to pursue her MBA. And she'd been in marketing at that point for about 10 or 12 years. And um, she, she really taught me everything about marketing. Most of the uh, theoretical material I had learned in school, uh, I, d- I found wasn't a one-to-one perfect application. So she taught me what it looked like in practicality. Um, yep. And I really uh, almost kind of had my start in a mailroom because back then we had a little room uh, in the firm that you literally hole-punched and bound proposals, marketing yeah. proposals yeah. ourselves. I remember those days, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, that's so much different than how anything looks today, right? Um, everything is so automated and, yeah. and, you know, we outsource and whatever. But um, in those days, you went down to the, you know, 85 degree print room and you made sure all your pages were in the right order manually and you punched them yeah. manually and you bound them manually. So um, there was a, a great appreciation for the products that kind of got built into me uh, because it wasn't easy to fix them. It wasn't easy to edit them. Yeah, uh, that turned into sure. an, a whole new um, domino effect if one mistake was made. So I really appreciated that uh, it made me think creatively. Um, I got to write and then I really had to pay attention to details because if not, it was going to be a very light night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm old enough to remember my first work computer was not, WYSIWYG. In other words, you would just have code on the screen. You would send it to the printer and cross your fingers and hope that what came out was what you wanted to come out. So um, that's another way of saying I'm a complete dinosaur. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, likewise. So so you're in Pittsburgh and eventually you come back to Northeast Indiana. When does that happen and where do you go? Yeah, so I came back in um, just about a a little over a year year and a half later um my my mom is here in fort wayne and 9 11 had taken place and i decided it was time to be with family and um you know as most plans go the best laid plans you know i was planning to stay here for about a year and then probably move on to chicago and continue my marketing career um instead i got married had had a bunch of kids um and honestly that was a better plan so i'm glad glad that happened yeah but um I actually did some freelancing. I owned my own business for a while. I've been in the publishing industry. I've done marketing across several different industries. So I've had a pretty flexible career, which has been kind of awesome. I've been able to experience a lot of different realms um, and a lot of different kinds of marketing. So it hasn't just been you know one industry my entire career, which I think having that variety has made me better along the way. So I think I'm better today because of those early experiences. Yeah. And it looks like if LinkedIn is is correct, it looks like you've been at MedPro now for about six and a half years. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And how'd you find your way to MedPro? I've had the privilege of doing some work with your team over there. Tell us a little bit about how you made your way to MedPro and what that experience has been like. Yeah. Um, well, I've known Andrew Booth, who's our uh, VP of communications over here uh, for several years. And um, he and I were talking and um, essentially he had had some motion on his team and, and we, this was a, over a period of months, we were just kind of talking about, you know, A, what is MedPro Group? 
That was yeah. my question. And B, you know, how would I fit into that? Yeah. And um, so, you know, after some great conversations, after I uh, had the pleasure of meeting our, our leadership team and really appreciating that time with them, I thought this this sounds like a great opportunity for a great company. And um, I'm going to go do it. I'm, I'm going to go all in. And it has been such a fantastic experience. There have been challenges. I would, I always say every day is different than the one before and the one after, which is so perfect for me. Um, I'm not good with a rote schedule. I don't want every day to look exactly the same. Um, so I learn something new every day. I have different experiences every day. Um, I have different projects I'm working on all the time across the omni channel spectrum. Um, so, and then, you know, we are a national and international company. So I'm getting exposure to aspects of our business all over. And that's really fascinating. It's actually a very dynamic industry. So again, the learning is constant, which is really good for me. Yeah. And, and having worked with Andrew a few times, he, he works at a pace that I think even someone who works at a fast pace would find uh, borderline exhausting. He is a quick thinker <laughs> and quick mover. And you've also had the opportunity to work with some people I know, Reed Tremble being one of them, um, and Jenny Murphy, who was at MedPro for a while. So sounds like you've had the opportunity to work a lot alongside some great people. What, what does your team look like today, and what's your role in all that? Well, our team uh, actually looks a little bit like an internal agency. Uh, that's probably the best way I can describe it to someone who's not, not familiar with our structure. And the way I kind of look at what we do as an internal agency is almost that we have several different clients. Because as I said earlier, we have um, business all over the country. We write different lines of business. And so as a marketer, you have to look at all of those dynamics to do the right kind of messaging, right? So when you're talking about um, a chiropractor in California, you're doing a different kind of messaging than you would for a cardiologist in Illinois. It's just, you know, it's very intuitive that way. And so um, I actually oversee marketing for our physicians and surgeons divisions across the country, as well as our healthcare professionals divisions, uh, which includes chiropractors, podiatrists, naturopaths, and some other specialties. So I um, again, get to experience all different kinds of um, lines of business, both from the insurance perspective and the healthcare perspective. Okay. So I, I get to learn a lot about different healthcare providers across the spectrum. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it's omni-channel marketing. So we're doing it all. We're, we're doing print, a um, lot of copy work. We're obviously in digital. Uh, we're developing social spaces so there's just this myriad of activity going on over here. And, and maybe that's why we move at that pace, Anthony, you know, we yeah. just have a lot going sure. on. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and a lot of acquisitions of other companies and the company itself has grown exponentially, or at least it seems like it has over the last few years. Yeah, so, it definitely has. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk a little bit about some of the things. And, and again, don't share anything you can't share because I know some of it's proprietary. But what are some of the things that are taking up the majority of your time that are big on your to-do list, that are on your mind, that are keeping you up at night, maybe making you excited, maybe a combination of all those things. What's what's taking up most of your time these days? Well, probably strategy work, which, you know, it's hard to like strategy work if you enjoy being busy. Um, that's just a hypothesis I've come up with for myself mm-hmm. that 
I love, I always have so much going on and there's always a call to make. There's always an email to answer. There's always a meeting to go to. Um, But the strategic thinking is such a fundamental part of all of the rest of it, making sure you're doing the right type of work um, that I've really had to find ways to carve out time uh, and some mental space to think way into the future. Um, So that's, that's what I think I'm spending my time on in a way that excites me because, you know, obviously marketers are always trying to innovate. Uh, we're always trying to find new ways to talk to our audience. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I give myself some time to think through who we're talking to, how we can help them, what our value proposition is, um, how we're going to reach people, that's really exciting and gratifying work. And um, the more I do it, the more I realize how important it is. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how I would approach that. So has the environment we've been in the last couple of years where hybrid work is more of a reality and where you've had the opportunity to work from home a little more often, has that helped you in that respect? Or because you're also raising kids at home, has that created another complexity and made it more challenging to do that type of thinking? Gosh, that's such a, that's like the onion of questions. We could just peel back <laughs> layers. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a single mom of three kids. Um, thankfully, they're older. I know a lot of people with little kids who've gone through the pandemic and working from home, and I don't know how they did it. That had to be the hardest job of all. Luckily, my kids are pretty self-sufficient. They understand what's going on, and they understand when I'm working, I'm working. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and so working from home over the last two years was this pretty amazing work-life balance reset for a little while um, when I was like, oh, you know, I I need to find ways to make time to do this or to do that. Or now I'm recognizing if I am more efficient during the week that my weekends are a little bit better. um, Some of those revelations. But then I also really missed being in the office and and seeing my coworkers and having those face-to-face conversations. Um, So to answer your question uh, in a very long-winded way, I think that working from home positively and negatively affected almost all aspects of my life. And so it's just kind of learning the lessons from both sides of the fence to kind of come back into what I think is a more optimized schedule. Um, You know, because I don't necessarily need the social time to be strategic, Mm -hmm. but it does sort of fire up that creative power a little bit just to hear other people having thoughts and ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, I can do it on my own. It's not that I need to sit in a room with people to make the strategy, but yeah. it's sort of the peripheral socialization and collaboration and creativity that seems to propel me into those strategic mindsets. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something with being in the room with other people who are thinking about the same things that creates that positive peer pressure to come up with your best ideas. I I know for me, it was strange because when quarantine first set in, I was like quietly saying, well, this is a bad thing for the world. But for me, it's really good because I get to work by myself, which I love to do. Um, But about six months in, I just was like, I don't know why, but I miss going into a place where there are other people working. And, you know, really ever since have been in a hybrid arrangement that really works well. And it's I don't know if this is true in your experience, but for me, it's it's good to have the option. There's some days I want to really focus and mitigate interruptions. And there's other days when I'm like, no, I kind of want to be interrupted. I want to be in a place where I can run into people and share ideas and answer questions and be asked questions. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that is, for me, there are almost like three stages of work. You can work from home and you're just kind of in your own world. You can work where there are lots of other people around you in an office setting. And then you can work in an office setting when there aren't other people around you. I've come into the office on days when no one else is here. And that was like, put your head down and get a ton of work done in a day. So for me, there's almost a place for all of those elements, I think, for sort of that perfect balance. Yeah, well, I think you and I have a similar personality, if if I've read things correctly, where you like getting things done wherever you are. And that can be a problem when you're at home because you're like trying to be productive with home stuff, but you still have to work. Sometimes I have to get out of the home environment. It's like, okay, I've done enough laundry. Now I need to go to a place where my laundry isn't so I can actually just work at hours at Yes. Time. Yeah. That was yeah. so problematic at the beginning of the pandemic. And I know so many people experience the same thing. Yeah. You know, you're you're in a routine, you go to your office five days a week, you compartmentalize the difference between work and home. Yeah. And then, you know, in a snap, you are yeah. all your worlds have collided. And yeah. in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, like, should I do laundry? Should I switch some <laughs> dishes? Like, yeah. what what should I do right now? So absolutely. But like I said, I feel like all of those, you know, the worlds colliding kind of come together to teach those lessons that I think yeah. now as we sort of reemerge, for me, I'm just trying to take best practices from all those corners. Yeah. I think that's the smart thing to do and hopefully something that others have the opportunity to do too. I got busted once putting dishes away on a conference call. So the, the cat was out of the bag at that point. I couldn't, I couldn't fool people anymore. Um, well, let's pivot to the speed round of the program where I'm going to ask you a few questions that may lead to shorter, pithier answers, or they may not. And it really doesn't matter because this is our conversation and we can do whatever we want. So the first question has to do with career success. If you were talking to one of your kids or you were talking to someone who's maybe just getting started in their career, what's something you've learned that you think is important for people to know about having a successful, fulfilling career? Well, for me, it's been reading. Mm. And I don't mean just reading trade information or industry information, but just read. Um, it could be blogs, it could be industry information that you, you know, of an industry that you're either looking to get into or you're, you're already in and you want to keep learning about um, podcasts, audiobooks, listen to stuff that you like, fiction, mystery, whatever. I think that not only is it engaging your brain constantly and you're learning constantly, it seems to make you a better communicator. Yeah. Um, and I think communication is just sort of the nucleus of success in almost every career. If you're a good communicator, Um, there's very little that you cannot overcome. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think if you want to learn to be a better writer slash communicator, the best way to do that is by reading things that are well-written. There's just this transference of what you're reading on the page that helps you understand the rhythm of how language comes together. And that may be unique to us as nerdy former English majors, um, but I think it's somewhat universal. A quick sidebar question. Have you found that your ability to focus as a reader has changed at all given the current media environment? You know, it used to be a lot easier to focus or is it the same? Do you have the ability to be disciplined and still deal with long form stuff the same way you used to? No, that's such a good question because I was literally just having a conversation with a friend that I used to be completely content with a book for hours on end and loved it that was my favorite way to spend a day and would get lost in the story and you know just didn't have this sense of urgency today it is 
this, like my brain has probably been rewired is what it feels like where I feel like I should be multitasking or I just don't have the patience to sit and read a page anymore. Um, which is a lot of why I got into audiobooks. Um, you know, I like kind of, you know, puttering around my house, doing projects around my house and whatever, but I always have my AirPods in and I'm listening to something. Um, so it, it has absolutely changed. Now I still do force myself to sit down and read because if that completely went away, um, I think I would, I would really mourn that because, um, it's just, it's just such a big part of who I've been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat sorry to hear that because I was hoping you would have a secret to improving my attention span, <laughs> but I guess you're in the same boat I am. Okay. All right. Well, the second question I have for you in the speed round is about your organization. What do you think is something that people should know about MedPro Group? It could be something that's underappreciated or a misconception that you'd like to clear up. Anything that um, you want to say about MedPro? Well, I think it's just awesome that, I mean, we are a Berkshire Hathaway company. And our home office is right here in Fort Wayne. This company has been around since 1899. And the fact that our city houses a company of that magnitude, I just think that's really cool. I think Fort Wayne has grown and flourished. And I'm really proud of all the progress that this city has made. Um, But we're like this, you know, um, old secret, right? Like 1899, that's a long time. So, um, and, and here we are. And this is our, this is our home. This is our home base. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's one of the first conversations Andrew Booth and I had was when he said, you know, we we are such a well-kept secret that, you know, now it's it's holding us back a little bit from a recruiting standpoint um, and has done a lot to change that over the last few years. But yeah, it's it's a really successful company that maybe isn't well-known enough, at least locally. So the the last question for you is about a tip or trick or tool or hack or call it whatever you want, something you use in your work life that is really important to you that maybe just needs a little amplification or people don't know about, or maybe they do and you just want to reinforce how important it is. And I want to stress, it doesn't have to be anything profound, but I'm interested in how you work and what's a tool you use that helps make your work a little easier. Well, this is probably not going to be the most exciting answer you ever get um, because it is very simple and everybody has access to it and it is organization. Okay. Um, it, I cannot emphasize that enough. When I am working with our interns, um, one of the first things that I emphasize is get organized, get your email organized, get your calendar organized, get your thoughts organized, yeah. take notes, take lots of notes, write things down uh, because if you're not organized, then you're chaotic. And I just don't think that chaotic marketers are effective all that often. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like the, the less time you have, the less time you have to be disorganized. So it's an investment that's going to save you time in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big believer in it. So it's not, it's not a quick and easy tip. It's not an app that anybody can download, but I really find it to be pretty effective. Yeah. Is there anything, so aside from notes and calendars, is there anything you use that helps you stay organized? Um, I'm just interested in any tools that you might use, or is it simply just staying focused and, and taking the right types of notes? Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of all of that. I mean, we do use project management software, um, and I, you know, don't know how anybody could do marketing without it. Uh, but I've actually, I feel that you need to use the tools that are given to you by your organization and whatever yeah. that looks like. Um, for me, it's as simple as my email. 
My yeah. email folders are very organized and I keep conversations so that I always know where we left off. I can always follow up. So I think you kind of assess your environment and you kind of figure out what that communication tool is or that organizational tool is for you. And then you use it optimally. You have to think about how is it going to work for you? I think retrofitting that tool for yourself, knowing your work habits or developing your work habits is really much more important than trying to make your work habits like someone else's. Yeah. So it's like, what's going to keep me on track within the environment that I'm in with the tools that I'm given? That's just yeah. something I would probably think about assessing. Well, and I think that's really great advice because so many times people are looking for what's the best tool. You know, I, I could use Zoom or I could use Teams or I could use WebEx or I could use Google Meet. The secret is they're all pretty good. It's just kind of pick one or master the one that your organization uses and don't worry about, you know, the one bell and whistle that another tool might have. Absolutely, because there's always going to be a new tool, always. And you yeah. can't jump every single time. Some well thought out jumps are probably good and necessary um, and probably evolutionary, but you can't get dazzled by every new tool or app that comes down the pike. You know, you've got to make it work for you and, um, you know, evolve when it makes sense. Yeah, well, and we are living proof that sometimes when you use a new tool, the webcam doesn't work and you have to adapt. And that's what we've done here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'll save my good outfit for, for our next round. Sounds great. Well, Jill, thank you so much for doing this. And thank you to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this week's episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest and we hope you'll join us then.